Hello, everybody. This is Tony Ruggiero here. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening to The Tour Coach. We're rolling through another crazy summer right now, another crazy season. There's lots of golf, lots of guys playing, lots of camps, lots of retreats, lots of travel. You know what that means? means lots of great content coming to you. So thank you, whether you're a golf instructor, like so many folks that reach out and listen to this podcast, or you're an aspiring golfer, somebody just loves learning about the game, loves learning about how to get better. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the tour coach because we've got lots of great content coming for you. Okay. And if you like the tour coach, you're going to love pro work on YouTube. I want to remind all of you, if you haven't seen it, go to Bushnell golf on YouTube or go to at the do sweeper on my YouTube channel and listen to watch inside the ropes behind the scenes with myself, Colby Touye, Mark Hackett, and a host of others. And you'll see what it's like to be a, player of all different abilities and watch how our team approach goes behind the scenes inside the ropes to find out exactly what the magic that your golf swing needs to pick up 10 15 20 yards or lower your handicap or get all the way out onto the pga tour it's all there for you on pro work just like it is here on the tour coach so thanks for listening we've got some great content coming you we've got some great discussions some great roundtables and some great guests coming your way this summer and this season here on the tour coach and i couldn't do this tour coach without the following sponsors they've been loyal to me i'm loyal to them i think it's one of the missing things in instruction and in our world people that stick together and i think that's why we've all had so much success i've got to thank the folks at bushnell golf for their support and their sponsorship of this show, my teaching, as well as the Pro Work Series, Vineyard Vines and the folks there, unbelievable. They keep all the dew sweepers looking good. Myself, as good as you can, and all of the folks at our retreats, and especially Shrixon and Cleveland Golf, Chip Holcomb, Eddie Dry, and all of the folks there. I mean, we couldn't do it without it. It's over 20 years I've been with Shrixon Cleveland Golf. I'm not going anywhere without that mason prang and the folks over there in california take such good care of us they've got the best product that you can find anywhere so special thanks to shrikshaw cleveland golf and then finally my good friend mitch mcconnell and the folks at mcconnell automotive buick gmc here in mobile and buick gmc for sponsoring the radio and everything that we've been going on for all of these years so we've got great sponsors we've got great partners And we're going to give you great content that's going to help all of you play better, enjoy the game better, or understand how to teach it and communicate it better. Sit back, get yourself a beverage, and enjoy the tour coach. And then when you get a chance, go check out Pro Work on my YouTube. You'll be glad you did. All right. Joining me now here on the tour coach, uh, a guest I've been, uh, well, I've been following for quite some time via social media and uh, in particular Facebook and his posts. Uh, I just did him off the air, but just had a keen interest in what he does from my upbringing and teaching under Hank Johnson about continuing to want to learn and more importantly, learn how other people learn. Um, Michael Hebron. Michael, thanks for taking the time to sit. I know you're crazy busy up there this time of year. Y'all are in the weeds, but uh, appreciate you s- sitting in with me here for a little bit. And uh, I just want to, you know, more than anything, I, I use these as my, I know lots of teachers and people learning the game or wanting to get better, listen to these interviews. But uh, I I want the opportunity to learn from you, uh, your journey in teaching and coaching and, and kind of some of the information you've ascertained over the years that's brought you to where you are now. Well, f- first, uh, a lot of people should thank you for taking the time to, uh, to pro- promote golf and uh, through what you do. And 
it's a real honor that you would uh, consider having me on and uh, joining your journey. Um, perhaps the uh, place to start is uh, about 25 years ago, I was waiting for a student to show up uh, that I thought had a fair amount of talent, and I also thought I was doing a very poor job with. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and I was confused at what was missing. I had gone through uh, typical training that most of us go through, and it was mostly about uh, opinions about the golf swing. And uh, and some of the opinions were very strong and, and the arguments uh, over the golf swing. And what I realized was... Um, even though I was receiving some attention and awards as a coach, uh, something was missing. And what was missing was I knew nothing about learning. And that kind of information really wasn't available back then. Today in the 21st century, it is. You know, how do, right. how do people learn? And uh, so while I was uh, what I would call subject-rich, I was learning approach poor, and I uh, my journey took me to Harvard. I took 30 hours of courses at Harvard. I spent a week out at UCLA's learning lab. Took 80 hours of uh, workshops on teaching with the brain and mind. The brain is the gateway to everything we do, including learning. Um, when we do something it's already been organized in the brain so how we how we approach the the uh, our instruction i like to call it now i like to call it outstruction not instruction <laughs> the the answer is actually coming out of the student uh when somebody uh makes a swing that they're happy with and maybe the coach is happy with the coach doesn't know what that person felt, and the coach doesn't even really know how that person accomplished it. Because of golf language, we could describe it uh, the way we would in a, in a magazine article, but we really don't know how they got there. So it's really like leaves come out of trees, well, answers come out of students. And... Uh, I was. I made a list of, of things that I was. Uh, I was slow to learn over the first half right. of my career. Um, I was. I was con content rich. I had a lot of content. I was golf machine trained and would visit other teachers, go to seminars all over the world, and uh, I was really content rich. But I was process of learning uh, poor. I, I, I was in charge of the lesson. I was not a collaborator. I didn't see it as teamwork. I was giving answers. I was overlooking the value of guiding self-discovery. We, we guide students to invent their, their golf swing. I was pointing out poor habits and failures. Actually, one of the reasons uh, we should be very careful about what learning aids we use is uh, the learning aid removes the failure, removes the poor motion, while the poor motion is really the teacher for what to do different. Uh, mm -hmm. If you miss a foul shot or a putt 
and you make the next one, there was something different about it. It, it really wasn't better. I like to say better doesn't exist. It's people come to be different. And uh, the unwanted outcome points out what could be different. Uh, I, I was trying to fix things. I was trying to fix the unwanted outcome. Uh, that unwanted outcome is over. It's done. It can't be fixed. So I went from a, a fixing mindset back to paying attention to what to do, not what to fix. When a student hits a shot that they care for, I might ask them a question, are you trying to learn to do that? And they answer yes. I said, no, you're not. You're not trying to learn that. What you're trying to learn is what gets in the way of that. You've already shown you can do it. Mm -hmm. I might say to them, are, are great companies consistent? And they normally answer yes. Well, great companies are not consistent. Nothing's consistent. Great companies handle the bad year better than their competitor or the bad deal better than their ever. All the golfers we admire, Tiger Woods to, to everyone else, handle the bad round or the bad shot better than their competitors. So the great ones are the best adjusters. I was, uh, I was trying to teach a subject. I was not supporting playful learning. I was using a lot of details. Well, the brain doesn't remember details. The brain remembers general con concepts. Hmm. If somebody had a really flat swing, uh, I wouldn't point that out. I would say to them, today I would say, in the second half of my career, I would say to them, let me see what you think is an upright swing. If somebody had a overly accelerated swing, let's say to them, today I would say, well, let's, Let's call that 20 miles an hour. So they have, learning needs a reference point. I know vanilla because I know chocolate. I know long because I know short. I might say to that person, oh, if that was 20 miles an hour, let's see at 15. Mm -hmm. So you're creating a story and a metaphor that they can relate to. I was giving commands. Uh, I was slow to realize that uh, I don't call them lessons anymore. I call it a session, and the lesson is what they take away, not what I say. When the children are leaving mm -hmm. school this June after several months in school, the lesson is what they're leaving with, what they interpreted, what they perceived. I, I think it's fair to say the only thing an instructor or a parent or an employer can do is change perceptions. Oh, Billy, you think that's a clean room. <laughs> oh, Joe, you think you're on time. People come to us with ideas and perceptions of what they would like to do. And sometimes they're very workable but don't do them. Or they're ones that an instructor should consider finding ways to help them change that. By the way, and maybe I should have said this at the beginning of, of, of this interview, anything I say where it falls on a scale of 1 to 10 is up to the listener. I'm not selling anything. I'm just sharing what I have learned from leaders in the education world and leading scientists about how the nature of learning is supported and how the nature of learning is suppressed. Uh, I, so the, the time with, with a student is the opportunity to experiment. Um, how we learn is different than how we 
think we learned, which is a quote from Dr. Borg out at UCLA. One of the one of the studies I was made aware of is they had a group of people with beanbags tossing beanbags into a basket several feet away. And the other group was tossing beanbags, was asked to toss the beanbag short of the basket, long of the basket. One group was trying to throw the beanbag into the basket. The other group was trying to throw the beanbag short and past the basket. When they brought the groups together, the group that was throwing long and short, the brain became familiar with that feel, did better than the group that was trying to throw exactly the same way. So during a learning environment where people are self-discovering their ways guided by the instructor, we introduce the port, we introduce over the top, we introduce flipping, we introduce going too fast, and then we might say, now let's see you do it different. So they have a reference point. Learning needs a reference point. Um, when you think about it, everybody that's really good at something was a was a great learner. They learned mm. they learned what to do. Um, you when we try to change an unwanted outcome, you can win or lose. When you help people learn, you always win. So those were a short list of things that I was slow to learn uh, about uh, sharing information with people and supporting how they learn. When, um, the, you know, the purpose of any approach to learning is to serve the need of the brain. Mm -hmm. What's going to be the best way for this person's brain to learn, which, in, which then serves or sets up the approach? Uh, we, you know, and we, we kind of play to learn. You know, put it too far back, put it too far forward, uh, make it go left, make it go right are all ways of, uh, uh, of student-centered learning and teacher-centered, not, you know, not teacher-centered, but, you know, for 20-plus years, I was, I was a teacher-centered instructor. I, I, I was uh, meeting the needs of the information I had learned. I wasn't meeting the needs of the student and, uh, and, gu and guiding them. Um, I see my job is to... Uh, to make students think. Mm -hmm. I ask them first, one of the first things I do is I have students say, uh, I'm your Uncle Joe, we're at the driving range, and I understand you know a little bit about golf. Uh, tell, me, tell me what to do. And the reason I do that is in order for me to move forward, I have to understand how they're trying to get to Main Street. I have to understand how they're trying to cook cookies. I have to understand what they are trying to do with the golf club. I tend to coach the golf club. I tend to coach the tool. We didn't learn to cut a stake. We didn't learn to paint. We didn't learn to drive a car. We learned what to do with the steering wheel, the brake pedal, <laughs> and the gas pedal. We learned what to do with the knife. We learned the rules of a paintbrush. So in my current approach or learning approach, I'm helping people learn the tool. The, the tool has three employees. 
has a head, a face, and a shaft. Where do I want the head? Where do I want the face? Where do I want the shaft? Is what I'm learning. I'm learning what to do with the club. If you hold the golf club out chest high and say to yourself, show me an open face, show me a closed face, okay, the hands react to what you're doing with the golf club. Your right arm's coming in too high because the golf club's too high, etc., etc. We're learning what to do with the club. We do this by getting the, creating little problems for people to solve in their own best way. Um, I call the approach smart, safe, playful learning. Smart classrooms stand for students' minds are really talented. Safe classrooms stand for students' always first environment. And playful classrooms, powerful learning about yourself, finds useful learning. Hmm. We didn't have to learn how to play. Play is a natural act. So play golf. Don't play golf swing. When students are in front of me, I ask a lot of questions. I might ask, why do you think the ball went that way? What would you do different? Uh, that's where the outstruction part comes from. It's coming out of the student. My goal is to help students learn in their own best way. There's no judgments. There's no criticisms. If somebody tops the golf ball, it was a perfect golf swing for that outcome. If somebody hits the ball out of bounds, that was a perfect golf swing for that outcome. And some people say, well, I can fix that. You can't fix it. It's over. Mm -hmm. But you can pay attention to what to do differently. Fixing is negative. Learning is positive, which brings us to the idea of emotions. Emotions are involved with everything we do. Everything we do is emotionally influenced and there's an emotional effect. Emotions judge. Emotions criticize. Emotions want something. Emotions have perceptions. All I think I can do is change the student's perceptions. And when their perceptions change, you have a chance of going in a different direction. Emotions change our mind. Emotions get upset. Emotions tell us a story. Emotions get afraid. Do you putt or do you try to putt? Do you swing or allow the swing to happen? In teaching environments, people are trying at times to do things rather than just swing the weight of the club. Mm -hmm. The basic idea in basketball is shoot up. The basic idea in tennis, get it over the net. The basic idea in golf is swing the weight of the club with a sense of one. One of the first things I do after I have people um, give me their directions or their perceptions of the golf swing, from tour player to uh, low handicap, medium, or brand new golfer, I have people putt. I want to see their putting stroke. Is their putting stroke a smooth one pendulum swing, or is it a one-two over-accelerated through impact? I hold up the club and I swing it like a pendulum. 
and I say, people tend to call this one two. I like to see it as a one. It's a one. It's a one. The golf swing, like the hammer, when you're swinging a hammer, mm-hmm. you don't got you don't go dot dash bang. It's one smooth motion from the start to the finish. The golf swing has a beginning and an end, and nothing in the middle. Any description of the golf swing is a history lesson. Physics comes after the swing. You're studying and, and measuring all these motions, and the motion will never be the same. It's not physically possible to make the golf swing the same each time. Great companies aren't consistent. Great golfers aren't consistent. Often a poor shot is because of the rhythm gets out of place. I'll take a wheel and I'll paint three dots on it going out from the center and I'll spin the wheel. Or it could be three dots on a door going out from the center, evenly spaced. And I spin the, I spin the wheel. I'm spinning the wheel. And the three dots stay in a straight line. Okay? Mm-hmm. But they don't move the same speed. The outside dot moves the fastest, the middle dot the medium, and the, the center dot the slowest. Everything we do depends on time. We have to leave the house at a certain time, cook for a certain time, buy and sell things at a certain time. The golf swing from an advanced player, I, I would like to say, isn't a poor swing. It's a poor swing because it got out of their rhythm. So when we throw a ball, the hand is going fast, the shoulder is going a little bit slower, and the chest is going a little bit slower than that. But they're all moving at the same RPMs. Mm -hmm. So the first dot is the club, the second dot is the arms, and the middle dot is the body. And one of my big starting points is the rhythm of the golf swing. The rhythm of the golf swing allows the parts to be functional and orthodox. When it's out of rhythm, that's not possible. That's why I spend a lot of time on rhythm. Don't you think, not to interrupt, but don't you think, like nowadays, uh, I see way less focus just in general. If I peruse instruction online, social media, like I, I find I see way less people focus on rhythm than ever before right and yet i think like rhythm i mean i know i'm old school but like i i still teach a lot of rhythm and balance right and yet and i and i think that's not taught is i mean am i off base on that and maybe i'm just missing stuff out there where it starts everything 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 we do is based on time Mm -hmm. everything time and it's, there's kind of a fancy reason why we can't do it the same each time. During evolution, the weather and animals attack different every time. So the brain developed to be flexible and portable, not to be perfect. Hmm. Brain developed to adapt, not to be perfect. So the reason we can't sign our, even sign our name the same way, Tyson, is because the brain isn't wired to do that the brain is a wired to adjust and survive learning's a survival skill we it's 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 purely a survival skill you know we and well we like to learn we want to learn and we have to learn 
learning is is at the core. To enhance learning, I, I might ask questions uh, like, what do you think caused that outcome? What do you think may happen next? What has, do you think anything's been left out? How can you, uh, how could you modify that? Uh, what do you think is the most important element? Uh, what did you first notice? Uh, how many ways can this be done? One of the things that uh, reveals deep learning is that what you learn in one context can be transferred to a different context. It can only be used in one context. It's hasn't evolved into deep learning. A putting swing and a driver swing take the exact same time as they both take the exact same time from startup to impact. I'll hit a little putt, maybe a 10-foot putt, and then I'll make a full swing, and I have the student count 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. I'll say start counting when I start the swing and stop when I hit the ball. And it, it's called resonance. It's from physics. That's why uh, that's where rhythm and balance comes from. Um, due to the fact that the whole system is relating to that person's rhythm and balance. Everybody's time might be different, but it's their time. I, I really make a big deal out of how errors are useful. They're, they're the mm -hmm. teacher for what to do different. Why, why do you th which way do you think the club face was looking on that shot? Well, it was looking maybe at first base. Well, let me see you make it Look go at, third base. Yeah. And probably the pitcher's mound is going to show up. <laughs> if they've been blocking the ball to the right, then they try to pull it to the left, the middle might show up. But you're working backwards from what they're doing. The value of unwanted outcomes in a teaching environment, uh, I found, are, are overlooked. Um, Which is interesting to me because students hate that, right? Like students in a lesson hate hitting the bad one, but you're you're teaching teacher. them. Teaching them Right to to get something out of that outcome, and to I, I think I think that's great because and it's great because lots of students will listen to this, you know, golfers, oh, and and heck, they're they're trying to be perfect during the lesson. <laughs> exactly when when, when well, the metaphor I use there is we get out of college, maybe at twenty one or twenty two, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief. You're not any good till you're forty. You're not really good at something until you're around 40 years old. And you play on the weekends, you play now and then, and you're beating yourself up. It's a journey. You, you can improve every year you play, every week you play. But it takes time. One session is like going to the gym once. You know, what could you mm -hmm. accomplish if you only went to the gym once? a summer so while spending time with your game and I, I, I don't want people to practice I want people to train the doctor has a practice the lawyer has a practice after they train training is acquiring practice is applying when they go down to the uh, to, to the range or to the putting green or whatever I want them to have a training mindset 
So when the unworkable outcome comes out, they don't beat themselves up. I want you to train what you're going to put into practice on the golf course. Words are the most powerful performance-enhancing drug, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we let others talk to ourselves. When there's an a, a, a unwanted outcome on TV, the, uh, the announcer might say, well, that's a poor shot. It came up short. Well, that's a poor shot. It went left. Well, that's a poor shot. It went right. I suggest to students say, after a shot like that, describe what the shot actually did. Oh, I just hit that left. Do not judge it as poor. You did everything perfect to hit that ball left. You did everything perfect to hit that ball long. Now do it different. If you say it's poor, it doesn't mean anything. There's no, there's no reference point to go by. And the same with better and different. If you say better, there's no reference point. If you use the term different, so I want to hit that one different. Or when things start to fall in place, you say, well, that's different. That's mm -hmm. different. And you develop a reference point. Better and poor are judgmental and very poor ways to talk to yourself or even um, bring up anything about your game. Your game is what it is that day. And it could be different at a different point in time. Um, and, that, and, that, and that word failure. Mm -hmm. Failure finds access into learning, uncovering relevant experiences. Putting, I have people, I have people putt the ball. I say, now putt it the same distance. Now putt it halfway. Now putt it to the left. Now putt it to the right. And, and, and they kind of be all over the place. And usually because they're one, two, or they're not swinging the club uh, in, in rhythm, where the ball is just in the way. I tell people, you didn't come here to learn how to hit a golf ball. The golf ball is like paper. Paper gets written on because it's in the middle of the table in the pen. Hit <laughs> a golf ball, you're learning a dance step. You're learning to swing a club that the ball is in the middle. If you're thinking about the ball, you're probably going to slow progress down. If you're thinking about swinging the weight of the club, some doors will open up. The ball's just in the way. You're not learning to hit the golf ball. And I tell people there's only one swing model. There's only actually one swing model in golf. The golf course. The golf course is telling you it's an 8-iron. The golf course is telling you to open the face. The golf course is telling you to play the ball back. Every business works backwards from the customer needs. The golf course tells the golf club what it needs. Play it up front. Play it back. Hit a left to right shot. Hit a right to left shot. Tiger swing. If you want to learn something about Tiger, mm -hmm. don't ask him how he made the putt. You ask a pitcher, how did you pitch the no-hitter? Has no idea. Right. So another, uh, the newspaper guy asked, but nobody in baseball would ask them. Nobody would ask Tiger how you made the putt. They yeah. might ask Tiger, what did you see? What, what, what did you see there? What am I missing? When companies hire a consultant, they don't hire them to tell them how to run their business. They hire them to... Maybe here's something that they're overlooking. What did you see? Instruction is a rehearsal. 
I call it instruction. It's a rehearsal. It's a preparation for what's coming. And the unwanted outcomes are the biggest learning tool we have. We are not trying to do anything but in our own way swing the weight of the golf club. Again, it might be high, it might be low, it might be inside, it might be outside. And those are the checkpoints or the reference points for what could be different. I love it. Uh, this this has been brilliant. Uh, you know, I'm sure like most teachers, uh, you know, I've had points where you've had really talented, you know, so I've had some tour players and didn't, you know, that didn't have any success. And you like sit back and you're like, what could I do different? What didn't I do is do uh, uh, as well as I need to, right? You know, mindset before skill set. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why I find this stuff so fascinating. It's not like I didn't try as hard with one as I did the other or whatever, or the information you feel, you know, you feel like your information's decent. I feel like most people have a lot of similar information. And to me, helping people play better or get having success with your students, there had to be more to it based on like, Hey, how can we help them learn it? You know, you know, it's gotta be something in there in, in understanding more how people learn. Don't, you know, again, where this falls on a scale of one to 10 is up to the list. But I tell my, I tell when somebody comes, you know, on our staff, we have staff meetings. Uh, I, I, I strongly suggest to them that don't don't meet your needs. Meet the needs of the student. And the, if you tell the student what they're doing wrong, their emotions change. Mm-hmm. You know, it, in, in teaching environments, in, in a learning environment, the outcome just shows up. Mm-hmm. It, it eventually gets there. In, in a in a teaching environment. Well, your grip is this, and this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is what we're going to work on. I find you don't even have to bring that up. You know, you, you never bring up or judge what's going on. It is what it is at that moment. It, it, they're doing absolutely perfect for that outcome, whatever it is. You made it, just made it perfect. What do you mean I made it perfect? So I said, <clears throat> said, if I bake a pie and burn it, didn't I do everything perfect to burn it? Didn't I give it? <laughs> perfect to have the car accident outcomes are a result of the input and that input was perfect now what do you think you could do different mm-hmm. you know the ball the, the ball the ball didn't get up in the air okay I, I I I tell people I ask people what moved the ball well and they'll come up with different I says the ball moved itself if I drop a basketball and the basketball comes back up, did the floor move it or compress it? Well, it compressed it. Well, effective golfers are not moving the golf ball. Effective golfers are compressing the ball and the ball jumps. Mm-hmm. And I show them a picture of the compressed ball and, and how it jumps. So you're not learning to move the ball, you're learning to compress the ball. And I talk about she, for, for most shots in golf, Shaft before club face, because that's the way the club's been designed for 500 years. The handle's a little bit in front of the face. <clears throat> when the when people are flipping, 
I'll tell them that, you know, I'll say, why did the, uh, why did the book come off the back seat of the car? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, the car stopped. Well, the reason your club head is passing your hands is because your rotation stopped. Mm -hmm. But the weight of the club kept going. Yeah. Or I'll say the outside girl, 10 girls on a skate line going round and round. How many girls moving? Well, all 10. No, there's only one girl moving. Nine are being pulled. A baseball pitcher's arm isn't moving. The body is, <coughs> the body is moving it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get the. I I tell people the golf club's not moving. It's reacting to your golf swing. It's responding. You're allowing it to respond. Mm -hmm. You're allowing the golf club to respond to your sense of the three dots staying together. Those three dots, the club the arms and the body are matched up in swings we like. I think the golf swing looks different than it feels. Agree. Every time we hit a great shot, well, that felt beautiful. That felt smooth. <clears throat> well, those swings don't look smooth, but they feel smooth because the three dots are lined up. The RPMs are similar. They're matched up and moving in rhythm. And it looks, and they, they believe or think what they're seeing is effort and not timing. Oh, God, that did, I didn't feel anything there. Yes, because the three dots were matched up. Your rhythm was matched up. And I, I think it's fair to say when the golf club is out of sorts, it's because the three dots aren't in rhyme. The three dots aren't together. I think it's very difficult to make a, a uh, what we would call a poor swing that's in rhythm. No, I agree. That, I love it. Michael, thank you so much for taking well, the time. Welcome. I know thank how busy you, you are, but, and also thanks for all you do. I love reading the posts, you know, on, on Facebook and so forth. And the, I stay out of all the bantering, commentating and arguing back and forth, but I love listening to what you have to say and learning. And, uh, and I appreciate all you do for those of us out here trying to teach some golf. Well, it was uh, kind of you to have me on the show, and uh, uh, appreciate all you do to also. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and the Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrikshan Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.